As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. Well, good morning, High Point. If you're joining us online, welcome. How many of you have heard the story of Oscar Schindler? Oscar Schindler saved 1,100 Jews during the Holocaust. How many of you have heard the name Irina Sendler? Irina Sendler saved 2,500 Jewish children during the Holocaust. When the German Nazis invaded Poland, they occupied Poland and they established the Warsaw Ghetto. They erected fences with barbed wire and they forced 400,000 Jews to live within inside the walls of the Warsaw Ghetto. Irina Sendler was 29 years old. She was Polish, she was Catholic, she was a social worker. She disguised herself as an infectious disease nurse in order to get into the Warsaw Ghetto. And when she got into the Warsaw Ghetto, she went door to door to Jewish families asking parents and grandparents to allow her to take their children and grandchildren, to be able to smuggle them out of the ghetto into safety, into foster homes and orphanages. In order for them to be safe outside the walls of the ghetto, she had to change their identities. No longer Jewish names, but Polish names. She forged documents for 2,500 children to get them to safety. She wanted to make sure that she knew each of these children and so she kept careful lists and she buried them, get this, she buried them in jars in a backyard. And when the war ended, she went through the tedious task of getting these jars out and locating each of these children to reconnect them with their families, with their parents and grandparents. But sadly, most of the parents and grandparents died in a concentration camp. Because Irina Sendler had to act in secrecy so that she wouldn't be imprisoned or executed, her identity, her heroism was unknown for 60 years. In 2007, she was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. In 2008, she died at the age of 98. A remarkable woman. I encourage you to Google her story. Watch the movie, The Courageous Hearts of Irina Sendler. How many of you would agree that Irina Sendler is an unsung hero? 4,000 years before Irina Sendler saved 2,500 Jews in the Holocaust, two Hebrew midwives 
by the name of Shifra and Pua saved countless Jewish boys from a murderous Pharaoh. If you have a copy of God's word, I encourage you to open it up to Exodus chapter one. We're in this series called Unsung Heroes. We are looking at the overlooked heroes in the Bible. The title of this message is Heroic Helpers, Shifra and Pua. The Bible is filled pages of heroic women in the Bible. Women who played prominent roles in the redemptive story of God. I'm so thankful, not only for the women in the Bible, but for the women in our church who serve in prominent leadership roles here at High Point. Jody Elliott serves on our executive team. Kelly Maher over here and Bethany Smith and Shana Griffin, they serve on our core leadership team. Carol Novak, Sarah Smith, countless women serve in leadership roles in discipleship, in worship, in kids ministry, in High Point Cares. Last weekend we had Deacon Vision Night. We're seeking to commission 50 new deacons in our church. Half of them are women. Of course, I'm so thankful for my beautiful wife, Camille, and for all of our pastors' wives. Can we celebrate? Can we praise God? Can we honor the women in our church? So many of them are unsung heroes. So here we are in Exodus chapter one. We're learning about Shifra and Pua. I was first introduced to these two characters a year ago. I snuck into the women's conference. That's right, I snuck in and I sat up in the balcony as Bethany Smith taught our women about these two characters. An incredible message. Bethany Smith has been a gift to our church. Not only is she a gifted worship leader as we experienced this morning, but she's a gifted Bible teacher. If you're a woman here and you're not yet signed up for a women's conference, you're like, I just heard about it today. Sign up today. Be blessed by that. If you're not in a women's group, get into a women's group. I'm telling you, Bethany is a gift to our church. Can we just celebrate Bethany right now and honor Bethany? And so the title of the message is Heroic helpers, Shifra and Pua. We're going to look at three truths to cultivate a courageous faith. If you're taking notes, jot this down. Courageous faith starts with the fear of God. Courageous faith starts with the fear of God. Well, where do we get that in the text? Starting in verse 15, it says this, and then the king of Egypt. Well, who's the king of Egypt? The king of Egypt is Pharaoh. Which Pharaoh is this? Well, if you backtrack to verse number eight, it says this. It says, now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. Do you know Joseph? Joseph in the book of Genesis. Joseph, the one that was sold by his brothers as property into slavery. The Joseph who was a victim of human trafficking, the Joseph who was wrongfully accused of sexual assault, the, Ju the Joseph who was wrongfully incarcerated, that Joseph. 
If ever there was a person who could justify living in resentment and revenge, it was Joseph. But Joseph chose not the path of resentment nor revenge. Joseph chose the path of forgiveness. And while he was sitting in a jail cell, God, are you even working? Do you even see me in this situation? Do you see the injustice that I'm experiencing? It's when Joseph was in prison that he gained the favor of Pharaoh. And he became second in command in Egypt. And his family was experiencing a famine in a distant land, and they came to Egypt in order to get some grain. And so here is Joseph face to face with his brothers. But because Joseph had already done the work of forgiving them in his heart, he was able to verbally forgive them. And then his family, the Israelites, the Hebrew people, the Jewish people migrated to Egypt. 400 years has passed. His family started at hundreds, now it's thousands, now it's hundreds of thousands of Hebrews living in Egypt. And there's a Pharaoh that didn't know Joseph. And he sees all these Hebrews a different race, a different ethnicity. They're a threat to Pharaoh. If they continue to multiply, they could revolt against his empire. So he needs to do something. And so he sanctions oppression. He makes all of the Hebrew people slaves. But the more that the Hebrew people were oppressed, the more they multiplied. And with that as the background, we jump back into verse 15. And the king of Egypt, the Pharaoh, said to the Hebrew midwives, one of them was named Shifra, which means dawn, and the other Pua, which means splendid. What's a midwife? A midwife is someone who is trained to be able to help with childbirth, whose job is to make sure that the baby that's being born is protected and cared for. That's what a midwife does. Shifra and Pua were likely the chief midwives of the Hebrew people. Likely there's dozens, if not more, other midwives, but they're the ones that are responsible for all the midwives. And here they are before the Pharaoh. And notice what the Pharaoh says, verse 16. And when you serve as a midwife to the Hebrew women and you see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it's a daughter, you shall let her live. Imagine, imagine being Shifra and Pua. This story should just make our stomachs turn. 
that this is genocide, that this is mass murder. But the Pharaoh isn't announcing his plot for mass murder. Instead, he's pulling in the two midwives that are responsible for the birth of the Hebrew children. And he's telling them, if it's a girl, let her live. But if it's a boy, kill him. How many of you think this is a suggestion of Pharaoh? How many of you think this is just kind of like a planning meeting? Hey, Shifra, Pua, why don't you just pray about this to see if this is what you should do? Is that what you think is happening here? No, this is an executive order from the most powerful person on the planet to Shifra and Pua. Imagine. Imagine being Shifra and Pua. They're being asked to betray their oath as midwives. They're being asked to order to compromise on their convictions. They're being told to disobey God. And if the Pharaoh is willing to kill all of these innocent baby boys, what would prevent the Pharaoh from killing them if they didn't follow through with his orders? Again, put yourself in Shifra and Pua's sandals. It's either kill innocent boys or be killed by the Pharaoh. Notice the next five words. Underline these in your Bible, verse 17. But the midwives feared God. The midwives feared God. So to fear means to be afraid, and it means to be in awe. So what is the fear of God? Is it to be afraid of God? Or is it to be in awe of God? Let's do a little vote together here in church. How many of you think to, the fear of God is to be afraid of God? How many of you think it's to be in awe of God? It's both. The fear of God is to be afraid of God's justice and to be in awe of God's love. To be afraid of God's justice, his judgment, his judgment is always just. And to be in awe of God's love, God's mercy, God's grace, there is none like our God. It begins first with being afraid of God's justice, his judgment. Each one of us are going to need to stand before the Lord someday. The reason why our culture is the way that it is today is because it doesn't have a healthy fear of God. It is not afraid of God's justice. What is culture preaching today? Culture is preaching today, you be you. Do what you want. YOLO. There is no God. You are your own God. 
And if you were with us last week in Unsung Heroes, we looked at the story of Phineas and we look at the judgment that's coming for the ungodly. Sadly, too many Christians, maybe too many Christians even in this room, want judgment for the ungodly. Go get them, God! Oh, that, that, that would not be true of us. Instead, that we would have a genuine compassion. That we would have a genuine passion to show the love of Jesus. To share the gospel. 1 Peter 3.18 says that the Lord is patient, not wanting anyone to perish. We shouldn't want God's judgment on the ungodly. We shouldn't want God's judgment on our culture. We shouldn't want God's judgment on our neighbor. But we should have a compassion and a passion to share the gospel. What's the gospel? Romans 6.23 is kind of a summary of the gospel. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For the wages of sin is death. We deserve judgment. And when I say we deserve judgment, it's not just your ungodly neighbor. It's us. It's you. It's me. Do we understand this? That we deserve God's judgment. That we deserve death. That's the bad news, but the good news is this, but the free gift of God is life. That God provides life for us. Well, how is that? Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so when we understand and admit our sinful condition, when we receive Jesus Christ by faith for the forgiveness of our sin, we move from being afraid of God's justice to being in awe of God's love. His grace that we don't deserve, his mercy that we don't deserve. There is none like our God. And when we stand in awe of God, when we realize that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, when we stand in awe of God, it should lead us to obedience and to worship. And so if you're here today and you're struggling with obedience and you're living in willful sin, we all struggle with sin, I do. But if we're choosing willful sin, or if we come to church every Sunday, we just kind of go through the motions and there's no emotion in our worship. If we worship God with our lips, but our hearts are far from God. If we're not obeying him and we're not worshiping him, those are indications that we don't fear God. That we don't fear God and be afraid of his justice or we don't fear God being in awe of who he is and his grace and his love. You see, if we have a healthy fear of God, that obedience and worship, it's not just something I have to do. It's something that I want to do. We move from duty to delight. So we're looking at cultivating a courageous faith. It starts with 
the fear of God. The second thing is, is that it acts in obedience to God. So let's pick up the text. Verse 17. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the male children live. Why did they let the male children live? Let me suggest two reasons. One is because they feared God more than fearing the most powerful person on the planet. Let that sink in. And second, they knew that God was the creator of life. Therefore, he was the only one who had the authority to take life. Pastor Ron has taught us about life from God's word. Take a look at this, five truths as it relates to life. You'll see them here on the screen. Life is created by God. Life is appointed by God. Life is anointed by God. Life is to be celebrated. Life is to be protected. If you agree with this, let's, let's affirm this together. Here at High Point, we value, we celebrate life. Every life matters from the womb to infancy and beyond. Every life matters from the unborn to the elderly and assisted living. Every race, every ethnicity, everyone including those without needs to those who have special needs. So thankful that High Point has a special needs ministry. So thankful for our ministry called Embrace Grace, where we're caring for women who find themselves in unexpected pregnancies, who are choosing life, and we're coming alongside and supporting them. Again, here at High Point, we celebrate life. We value life. Every life matters. And so here are Shifra and Pua. They are acting in obedience because courageous faith acts in obedience to God. Your ability to be able to act in obedience to God when your faith is tested, when you're facing a temptation, when uh, you are asked to compromise a conviction. Your ability to obey God is directly connected to the health and the strength of your relationship with God. Would we all agree that the fear of God for Shifra and Pua, it didn't start when they stood before the Pharaoh, but their fear of God was cultivated over months and years, if not decades. And so if you're here today and you're like, I want to obey God in the future. What is it that you're doing today to cultivate a deeper relationship with God now? So here at High Point, we encourage you to read your Bible every day. We encourage you to come to church each and every Sunday, not just the Sunday that I kind of feel like it or my schedule allows. No, make it a priority. 
We encourage you to get out of rows and in a circle so that we can be in community, so that we can be in groups together. Why? Because all of these activities help strengthen our relationship with God so that we can act in obedience as God calls us to. And so here are Shifra and Pua. Let's continue the text. And so the king of Egypt, verse 18, called the midwives and said to them, so cue right now that like tense, dramatic music, you know, if this is a movie, what's the king of Egypt going to do? Likely it's not just been days or weeks, likely it's been months, maybe it's even been a few years. The king of Egypt sees all these Hebrew preschoolers and grade schoolers and like I thought I had an executive order and he calls them in. Can you sense the tension building? What's going to happen? The king says to them, why have you done this? And let the male children live. Again, put yourself in Shifra and Pua sandals. They were given an executive order and they did not obey the order. Instead, they disobeyed the order. The reality is this, is that when we fear God, we don't need to fear anything or anyone else. When we fear God... We don't need to fear anything or anyone else. Are we going to struggle with fear, worry, and anxiety? Of course we're going to struggle with that, but we don't need to be controlled by that. We don't need to allow fear, worry, and anxiety to take our joy. And so the reality is that we fear people so much because we fear God so little. When you're a teenager, what's it called? Peer pressure. As an adult, what's it called? People pleasing. Codependency. What does God's word call it? It calls it the fear of man. Let's look at two verses as it relates to the fear of man. Galatians 1.10. For now am I seeking the approval of man or of God? Am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. If you're a recovering people pleaser like I am, here's a great prayer to pray. Dear Lord, help me to care more about what you think than what other people think. Dear Lord, help me to care more about what you think than what other people think. Proverbs says this, 29, 25, the fear of man lays a snare. If we're afraid of the opinions of others, it's a trap. But then notice this, but whoever trusts the Lord is safe. Whoever trusts the Lord is safe. God honors those who fear him. God protects, God provides. Those who fear him are kept safe. We see this with Shifra and Pua. They are kept safe. So if you're taking notes, here's the third thing. Courageous faith. Courageous faith leads to blessing from God. Verse number 20, or verse uh, 19. Again, they're standing before the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh's like, why'd you let them live? 
And the midwife said to the Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women, they're not like Egyptian women because they're vigorous and they give birth before the midwife come in. How many of you think that the midwives, Shifra and Pua and this whole legion of other midwives, do you think that they just delayed their arrival at, the, at birth? Do you think that they're lying to Pharaoh? Do you think it's a half-truth? I don't know, you don't know. But I do know this, do not use Exodus 1.19 to justify your lying. Don't use Exodus 1.19 to justify your self-serving deception. Don't use Exodus 1.19 to justify your falsifying of the facts. And so here they are standing before the Pharaoh in verse 20. Look with me at verse 20. It says this. And so Pharaoh dealt with the midwives. He imprisoned them and executed them. Is that what verse 20 says? But isn't that what you would expect? Here they are, they're standing before the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh's like, I gave you an executive order. Why did you let them live? Well, it's just kind of like make an excuse. Okay, you're in prison. I'm going to take your life for not obeying me. Isn't that what we would be expecting? But isn't it fascinating? Verse 20, it doesn't say, so Pharaoh dealt with them, but what does it say? For God dwelt well with the midwives. That God protected them from the Pharaoh. Do you see this? And God also provided for them. How did he provide? And the people multiplied and they grew very strong in verse 21. And because the midwives feared God, again, underline those words, because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Because they were willing to protect other children, God gave them their own children. See, courageous faith, courageous faith leads to blessing. We may not see the blessing in the immediate, but courageous faith leads to blessing. Oftentimes we think about blessing as being financial blessing, and that's an aspect of blessing. But think with me about how God blesses in many other more significant ways. God blesses relationally. Healthy relationships or a restored relationship. Maybe the blessing is that of physical, it's health, it's protection from harm. Who knows what we would experience if we weren't experiencing God's blessing of his protection in our lives. What about the blessing emotionally of a peace of mind and a clear conscience? Can't put a price tag on those things, right? About the blessing spiritually. So courageous faith, it leads to blessing. Oftentimes we're experiencing the blessing here and now. We experience it here on earth, but sometimes, sometimes, the blessing is in eternity. But I guarantee you this, when we get to eternity, we're not going to look back on our lives on earth and regret that we lived in the fear of God and in obedience to God. Instead, just the opposite. And so, courageous faith leads to blessing 
from God. I want to invite our worship team to come forward. We've been talking about courageous faith today, cultivating a courageous faith. How do we do that? Well, first it starts with the fear of God. Then it leads to acting in obedience to God. And then it leads to blessing from God. I love the story of Shifra Impua. I encourage you to pull out your Bibles this week and to look at the next 10 verses, Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And in the beginning part of Exodus chapter 2, you'll discover three more women. Three more women who had courageous faith. Jochebed, Moses' mom. Miriam, Moses' sister. And then Pharaoh's own daughter. Because these three women acted with courageous faith, they protected Moses when he was born. Think about who Moses became. Moses is a giant in our faith. And so as we trace so much back to Moses, it goes back to the courageous faith of five women. Pharaoh's daughter, Miriam, Jochebed, Shifra, and Pua. So thankful for the courageous faith of these women. So thankful for their stories to us. But as we gather together in this setting, I hope that we understand that as we read God's word, the truth of God's word, it's not just given to us as a history lesson. It's not just given to us to inform us. It's not even just given to us to inspire us. But it's given to us to instruct us on how to live. And so what step of courageous faith do you need to take today, this week? I guarantee you this, the courageous step of faith is not to stand up to a murderous dictator. I guarantee you that. But God's calling each of us to follow the example of Shifra and Pua and to take courageous steps of faith. Well, what are you talking about? Well, maybe for some of you, the courageous step of faith is to care for those who are marginalized and vulnerable in our community, in our church. It's to step into serving in our special needs ministry or with Embrace Grace or through High Point Cares. Maybe it's to step up and serve in junior high ministry. How many of you would agree that's courageous faith? <laughs> Maybe for some of you, it's to identify an area of moral compromise in your life. You find yourself living in disobedience to God. To acknowledge that. And to make a decisive decision, I'm no longer going to compromise in this way. To do that, 
to do that would be a step of courageous faith. Maybe for some of you, it's to follow the example of Joseph. To not, no longer walk the path of resentment and revenge, but walk the path of forgiveness. But it's not fair. No, it is not fair. It's not fair that God would forgive us. It takes courage. It takes courage to walk that path of forgiveness towards someone who has hurt you, who has wronged you, who has injured you. Maybe that's a step of courageous faith that you need to take today, this week. Maybe for you it's taking a step of courageous faith as it relates to my finances. To hold and to hoard, that's not courageous faith. Courageous faith is to give back to God and to trust that God is going to provide for you. Maybe the step of courageous faith is to get into community. Well, I've been a part of a small group before and I got hurt by a small group. Yes, relationships are messy. It takes courageous faith to step back into a setting so that you can grow relationally and spiritually. So many of our men experienced a powerful time yesterday. Let brotherly love continue. In order for it to continue, we need to step into some things, into relationship with each other. So what is your courageous step of faith? God is calling me to take this step of courageous faith today. What's your fill in the blank? Let's not just sit here and take notes to be informed and to be inspired, but let's allow this to lead us to action so that we can live with the courageous faith that God is calling us to. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the stories in your word. We thank you for Shifra and Pua. So many years ago, their story and how it impacts us today. God, would you give us the courage that it takes to take the steps of faith that you have called us to here in this place? God, as you have been faithful, as you've been faithful to Shifra, in Pua, you are the same God yesterday, today, and forever that you would be faithful to us today. You are a faithful God then, and you are a faithful God now, and so therefore we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people say, amen. amen.